What's going on, my spookers? Welcome back to Spooky Boners, a family podcast. Back today with another story from Papa Spooks, Larry Prout Sr. Even though the Halloween has passed, there's never been a better time to start listening to some spooky stories. Especially this one for you deer hunters out there. Sometimes asking for the special spot or where all the deer are running might come with some uh, dire consequences. So enjoy this latest edition the Spooky Boners Podcast. Written and read by Papa Spooks. <laughs> the Fungus Among Us. She shuffled around inside her small, medieval thatched roof hut, mumbling to herself as she took inventory of her most precious possessions. Bones and feathers hung from the rafters above her head. Numerous baskets held animal skins, dried herbs, and locks of human hair. Thick, translucent glass jars containing a preserving substance held a variety of oddities. Dead bats, frogs, rats, and human hands and feet could be seen suspended in the jars. She lived alone, deep in a forest away from the village. There she carried out her craft. She was the last of her coven. The villagers feared and loathed her. Years ago, generations ago, she had been persecuted for the misfortunes of the village. She was blamed for such things as drought, disease, and death. Many a men warned vigilante groups, mounted horses, and rode to the forest to rid themselves of her evil. The horses always returned to the village, riderless, the men never to be seen again. Occasionally she would leave the forest to add to her inventory of horror. She was given a wide berth when she visited the market for a fresh chicken or lamb. She sometimes needed a fresh animal to drain its blood for rituals. Sellers at the market would step back from their carts and tables, trembling as she scuttled about taking from them what she needed. She wore rags that covered her small stature. A hood covered her face. A sickening stench clouded her. An aura of evil radiated from her very being. Michael was new to the village. He was renting a room at the inn. He had found work as the blacksmith's apprentice. Michael was a big, strong man of his twenties. His golden locks, full beard, and muscular build gave him the appearance of a Greek god. He had the arrogance and stubbornness of that appearance as well. He could often be found at the village pub, which was just down from the inn from which he stayed. After a few pints of ale, Michael could be heard telling stories of women he had, many fought, and many competitions that he had won. He had also had a mean streak. He liked to belittle and bully others. He had a high opinion of himself and baited others, 
so he could torment and ridicule them in front of an audience. When he really was full of himself, he would often pick fights with the other pub patrons. The unlucky soul whom Michael picked that day would often go home bruised and broken from Michael Swift's strong punches. The villagers seemed to tolerate Michael either because of fear or everyone was just too busy trying to survive. Regardless, Michael was not really liked by most. In her dark, evil mind, she was working on something ancient. Something her kind would cackle and whisper about. Something that would right many wrongs. A thing that would avenge her clan. Her people had been prosecuted for centuries, burned, drowned, tortured, and dismembered. She moved about her hut, lightly stroking the jars of her grotesque inventory, cackling to herself. When she found what she was looking for, she opened the jar and put some of the contents into a huge pot boiling over fire in her crude stone fireplace. She growled and hissed as she added more unspeakable ingredients into the pot. Finally, she added the last of what was needed for her recipe of revenge. There was a silence as the pot boiled. The boiling pot gave off a great stench that filled the hut. Slowly, she began chanting, a very quiet, subtle. The chanting grew louder, more rhythmic. The language was more ancient Sumerian than Middle English. Her chanting became an ear-piercing wail. The contents of the boiling pot began to bubble over into the fire. Green steam and smoke filled the inside of the hut. She collapsed onto the floor, coughed and gagged from the strain of the spell. She caught her breath and picked herself up. With a large ladle, she scooped some of the concoction from the pot into a bucket and carried the bucket outside of the hut. She scuttled down an old deer run path, deep into the forest with her bucket of doom. She stopped when she found what she was looking for. Growing in the shadow of the trees, she found fungi, mushrooms, and morales, hundreds of them growing together. Using an aspergillum, which she confiscated from an unfortunate priest that happened to cross her path, she flung her potion over the fungi. She kept dipping the aspergillum into the bucket and saturated the mushrooms and morels with a greenish liquid. Michael finished his work for the day with the village blacksmith. He was hot and very thirsty, so he headed for the village pub to quench his thirst. When he entered the pub and sat down at a table, he was greeted by the owner with a pint of ale. The pub owner seemed to be trying to get off on the right foot with Michael, before Michael could target him as his next source of entertainment. Michael grabbed the pint, chugged it down. His beard and mustache were saturated with ale. He finished the drink, wiped his face with the back of his hand, and slouched back in the chair. Michael yelled at the pub owner, to bring him another drink. While waiting for his next drink, he scanned the pub for villagers. He saw a group of old men gathered in the corner table of the pub. The men had been in a conversation and really didn't notice Michael. Hey, Michael called over to the group of old men. Do any of you old hedgeborns know where the better deer hunting is outside the village? I've been hungry for some venison stew. The men stopped their conversation and looked to one another. Finally, one of them spoke out. 
If you go up to the north of the village market, there is a trail. It's quite overgrown. Take the trail for about two miles through the woods, the old man continued. No one goes up the trail anymore. No one hunts up there anymore, so there should be plenty of deer. If you, you've come across an old hut, you've gone too far. Turn back. Even a man of your stature could not defend himself with the evil that lurks in that hut, the old man warned. Michael shot up from his table, and with two strides had the old man by his collar. Michael pulled the old man close. See here, old man, I fear no one. You simpletons may believe in spooks and spirits, but I do not. I've never let such ridiculous notions rule me. You will see how silly you all are when I return from this haunted place, as you say. With that, Michael let go of the man's collar, stomped out of the pub to retrieve his bow. The old man sat back in his chair, and the three men all sat quietly and grinned at each other, as they knew Michael had taken the bait. They knew Michael would not turn down a challenge. Was the stage set to finally rid the village of Michael? With his bow and quiver of arrows on his back, Michael headed up the overgrown trail that led north from the village market area. The trail wasn't easy going for him, as it had not been used by the villagers for quite a while. Branches hung low and raked Michael's face. An old bridge that had once been used to cross a creek sat riding in the water. Michael had to leap from log to board to log of the old bridge remains to cross the creek. On his last leap, Michael slipped and fell into the creek. He was soaked from the waist down. Michael continued up the trail until he spotted deer tracks in the dirt. He figured he had traveled the two miles recommended by the old man at the pub. He took his bow in his hand and reached back and pulled out an arrow from his quiver. Michael was now in full stalking mode as he followed the freshly laid tracks. He saw squirrels, birds, and an occasional rabbit. There seemed to be plenty of game in the area of woods. Superstitious fools, Michael thought to himself, of the villagers. Well, more game for me. Just then, he saw the flick of a white tail about 50 yards west through the woods. It was a deer. The deer wasn't aware of Michael yet, as it flicked its tail and munched on acorns off the forest floor. Michael moved ever so quietly with the stealth of a wolf until he got close enough to the deer for a shot. He knocked an arrow, raised his bow, and pulled the bow string. Smack! An arrow hit its target. Blood spurted from just below the shoulder of the deer. The deer ran about 30 yards and fell, lifeless. Michael sat on a log, very pleased with himself. While looking through the forest in the direction of where he had shot the deer, he noticed the outline of what looked like a small hut. That must be where evil lurks, he chuckled to himself. While sitting down, Michael realized how tired he had become from traveling the rough terrain. He thought it easier to quarter a deer in the woods rather than drag it back to the village. Michael got to work on the deer, and when he was finished, he noticed it was getting late, so he built a fire and made a lean-to shelter. He decided to get some sleep and set out for his return to the village in the morning. Michael found some rocks to cook the fresh venison on. He placed the meat on the rocks and let it sizzle. While the deer meat cooked, Michael scoured the ground for one of his favorite foods, fungi, morels, and mushrooms. How tasty they would be with his dinner. Not too far from his camp, Michael could not believe what he had found. 
mushrooms and morels by the hundreds. It was as if someone had planted the fungi right there just for him. Michael took a huge handful of fungi back to the fire and laid them on the rocks next to the cooking venison. The fungi sizzled and popped. Michael's mouth watered. She awoke from her bed of straw on the floor of the hut. The sounds of tiny screams filled her brain. She rose to her feet and stood motionless, listening. The screaming continued, but it could only be heard by her ears. Her babies were in peril. Her babies began to grow the day she sprinkled the green, foul-smelling liquid over the fungi. The fungi were only needed as a host. What grew out of the fungi was her real creation. The screaming filled her head. It was loud, high-pitched, and excruciating. She cupped her head with her hands, looked up in the air, and let out a loud hissing sound. Her maternal instincts took over. Michael was finished eating. He had gotten his fill of venison. He popped the last of the morels into his mouth, chewed them, and swallowed. Feeling tired, Michael made a bed from a pine boughs, laid down in his makeshift shelter, and fell fast asleep. During the night, the field of fungi had grown. They now were about three feet tall. Their shape was different, though. Not a three-foot mushroom or morel, but more of a creature, a humanish form. They were translucent white with a green glow that illuminated the forest floor beneath them. It was dawn. A faint light penetrated the dark forest. Michael awoke from his sleep, opened his eyes. He was laying on his back, looking up through the trees. He could see thin clouds. The moon was still visible. As he rolled to his side to stand up, he felt different. His body didn't seem to move the usual way. He thought that his legs and arms had fallen asleep from laying on the pine boughs all night. He managed to raise his arm over his head while laying on his back. His arm was hard to lift and very cumbersome. To his horror, his arm was now covered with a thick rubbery substance. The substance which was fused to his flesh. It had had ridges and pockmarks and it gave off a green hue. Michael tried once more to get up off the ground. He used all of his might. It was difficult and very awkward. He managed to roll over onto his stomach and get up onto his knees. He looked down at his legs and through the hole in his pants. He noticed that his legs were thicker. He saw the pocked marked flesh that gave off the green hue. Michael remembered the hut he thought he saw the night before. He looked out into the forest and tried to yell, but he could make no sounds except for a low moaning that could barely be heard. Michael was about to give up hope when he heard what sounded like someone approaching. He tried to turn his head in the direction of the footsteps, but his head would not move. Straining, using his peripheral vision, Michael saw movement. Help! Help! Over here! Michael yelled in his mind. But what actually came out of Michael's mouth was an un unintelligible low groan. The figure approached Michael from the left side of his body and then moved in front of his line of vision. Michael struggled to communicate with the stranger standing before him, who stood in silence. She assessed the situation. Judging by the campfire, the deer carcass, and the makeshift shelter, she knew that the screams from her children were from some of them being eaten alive. 
She had not gotten there in time. Angered by this, she threw back the hood that covered her head, leaned forward and screamed at Michael. He could smell her foul breath. He tried to turn his head away, but he could not. She leaned in closer to Michael, her weathered face within inches of his eyes. He could see the hairs on her face and chin. Her eyes were black. She had odd-shaped pointed ears and jagged yellow teeth. As the wind blew and parted her thin white hair, Michael could see her gray scalp with purple veins protruding from her skin. She stepped back from Michael and began to cackle. This was a new discovery for her. This was not part of the spell, but an accident to benefit her. This would make up for all the loss of some of her babies. A human was fused to her creation. This could be useful. She turned and gestured to someone or something in the forest. Michael's mind was numb with horror. Not only was he horrified with the being that he had just encountered, but it was like being buried alive in his own body. He couldn't escape his new body. He couldn't climb up out of it. He was claustrophobic. Michael could yell, but only he could hear inside his mind. Out of the woods came a great black stallion with red eyes pulling a cart. A beautiful animal. Every muscle in its body rippled as it approached the cart. It was obedient to the old hag as she grunted and motioned for it to come closer. She pointed at Michael kneeling on the forest floor. The giant horse bit into Michael's shoulder. Michael could feel the pain and pressure of the horse's teeth clamping down on him. He tried to scream in pain, but he could only moan. With one swift motion, the great demon horse picked up Michael and dropped him into the cart. The witch walked alongside the great horse as it pulled Michael in the cart. They passed the field of fungi. There were hundreds of them, taller now, shaped like humans but looking more like nightmarish forest creatures. She was pleased with her growing army. She was pleased that Michael's flesh had meshed with her spell. The human tissue would add another dimension to her future soldiers. The fungi army would have more brain and brawn. She would soon unleash her army of monsters on her enemies that exterminated her coven. But there was more work to do. Michael would be part of her future spells and concoctions. She would keep him in her hut, along with the other items that she inventoried. She would need his flesh, and she would take it as she needed it. And he would feel every cut, and he would cry out, but never be heard. Oh, Mike, 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 Mike. Now Mike is no different than something you might scrape off the bottom of your foot if you have poor uh, foot hygiene. For those of you keeping track or familiar with our family, I think my dad has now killed two of his sons and his best friend. I don't know if this trend is going to continue, but it is starting to become a disturbing one. To hear some of our previous episodes, you can go to our SoundCloud page or on Apple Podcasts and you can hear everything we've been coming up with all of our short stories and our little mini docs, and any new content that will be coming your way soon. As always, stay spooked.